0: Welcome back to another episode of the More God Less Me podcast. My name is Justin. I'm so glad to have you guys with us today as we prepare to talk about the importance of Christian community. Before we get into that, though, I do want to talk about kind of what led up to this podcast, and this is actually the first podcast that I've really done this far in advance in time, because as I would, the time that I would normally record this podcast, Lord willing, I will be on a camping trip with some brothers from the church, and so I needed to just go ahead and get this done and get it out. And so this will be one of the longest ones, but it's this same this same camping trip that really inspired the idea for this podcast. It was the spark that helped me to, to start thinking about these things and thinking about my journey and understanding the importance of Christian community, community because it's something that I've had trouble with in the past. And I, I'm willing to admit that and want to be open about it because I think it's important for other people to understand who are struggling with the idea of community and being engaged with the body and with other believers. And for people who are like me that just really valued alone time and valued being able to do your own thing, having your own schedule, not being super reliant on the timing and the needs of other people. Because when you're that kind of person, it can be difficult to truly fully engage in Christian community, fully engage with the family of believers, because you're so used to just trying to do things your own way, when you want to do it, how you want to do it. And just to not, it's a hard thing to say and it's a weird thing to say, but just to not have those interactions with people because you find it a little bit easier. I guess what I'm really saying is that I could be described as an introvert and people who are introverted, just they don't thrive all the time on that interaction with other people. Now, I don't like to use terms like introvert, extrovert, and things like that. I don't like to classify people or categorize people with certain terms because I believe that when we start to do that to ourselves, it can be used as an excuse And we can use that to keep ourselves out of the will of God, keep ourselves from what we should be doing. Well, I'm just this way, and that's the only way that I can be. And I don't think that's what the Bible teaches us. I think the Bible teaches us that there's a way that we're called to be according to the Bible, and our flesh fights against it. And so I don't like to give an excuse, but in the best way to understand things, you could say that I'm an introvert. And like I said, I don't like to do that because I believe it keeps us out of God's will, and part of God's will is for us to be a part of the body to be a part of the rest of the body of Christ, to be involved with other believers, to be in the church. That is what the Bible calls us to do. The definition of the church isn't a building. You know, I think that for a long time, Christianity had that, that concept messed up that like the church is where you go to practice your beliefs, but it's a church building. It houses the church. The church is just the body of believers coming together. The church is what we are all individually when we come to christ as a body we become part of the church and then you have the church house or the local meeting place for the church right that's what the local church is is just the local believers where they come together to be together but when believers come together that is the church and we need the church in our lives not just on sundays but we need the church in multiple times on the week and every part of the body every believer needs to be a part of christian community we can see it in the early church better than we see it ever before and i the verses that we have in acts truly blow me away when we look at how the first church really took everything that the bible says everything that god was telling them in the moment and told them through the old testament scriptures and put it into action i mean like if we look at acts chapter 2 verse 42 through 47 it says and they devoted themselves to the apostles teaching and the fellowship to breaking bread and the prayers and all came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles and all who believed were together and had all things in common and they were selling their possessions and belonging belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, and they received the food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. So we see that the early church took community seriously. They were bound together, and it says that they were daily going to the temple, daily meeting in each other's homes, daily being a part of the body. They didn't see each other as lone wolves or islands or you know, trying to do their own thing. They saw the need and the importance of coming together as a body of believers, spending time together, breaking bread together, and doing things together. And that's not the only passage that we have that explains this. Later on in Acts chapter 4, verses 32 through 35, a similar story is told. It says, Now the full number of those who believed were of one heart and soul. And no one said that any of the things that belonged to him was his own, but they had everything in common. And with great power, the apostles were giving their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all and there was not a needy person among them for as many as were owners of land or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of what was sold and laid it at the apostles feet and it was distributed to each as they had need now i realize that sounds crazy today first of all we look at verses like that and we think there's no way that we could do that and then, in a lot of ways because of our flesh we would struggle to do that nowadays But what we have to understand is that we see this as crazy, but they saw it as what God was calling them to do. And when we really read the Bible and study out what God tells us to do and how he tells us to interact with other believers and how he tells us to interact in this world, we see that they were doing it right and in a lot of ways we're doing it wrong today. Now, I'm not using this episode of a podcast to say that we need to go to communal living or anything like that. But what I am trying to point out is that the Bible tells us that we are to be bound together as believers. We are to be together togetherness in the church is so important and it is what the bible teaches i mean many christians today are shaped by the worldview that we see today we have a very lone wolf mentality in the world i'm going to do it my way by myself without help from other people that's what the world says that's what commercials tell us you you can do this you're great you're amazing and make it sound like we can do everything on our own but the bible doesn't really do that you know they don't the Bible doesn't do that. Well, while, while people today may believe that they don't need Christian friends or even to be a part of a local church, the Bible teaches a completely different story. I mean, in, the, in light of the scripture, the mindset that the modern church has is just shocking. When I mean, we have to look at how how the early church did things. If we look at the apostles, they never traveled separately. Jesus sent them out in pairs. And even after Jesus ascended into heaven, we still see them never really doing much solo. You see Peter and John always doing things together in those first few chapters of the book of Acts. And then you have the Apostle Paul, great man of God, I mean, just did so much in his lifetime, but he was almost never alone. Through everything that he did, he had a traveling companion with him, whether it was Barnabas, whether it was Saul, whether it was Timothy, Luke followed him and recorded the things of his life. That's why we have the book of Acts and so much about Paul in the later parts of it is because these men didn't travel on their own. They didn't sit out to go and conquer and spread the faith by themselves because they knew that they needed the encouragement and the help of the rest of the body of believers, as we'll continue to see throughout this. And even Jesus was rarely alone throughout his ministry, except for times of prayer. And that's an important thing to think about. We don't have the exact ins and outs, the end all be alls of exactly how everything played out for those early believers. So we can understand that they probably did spend time alone but the vast majority of their ministry was spent with other people and you have to ask yourself, if that's the case, why was it the case? Why were they so bound together? Why, why did they want to be in such a deep sense of community? And I think it's because when you don't have that Christian community, it makes the faith walk so much more difficult and even impossible because you have no one else to rely on. Obviously, you can trust in God. But when you don't see other people living out your faith you begin to question your faith you begin to feel all alone like you're on an island like there's nobody like you honestly you become to feel like elijah did whenever he felt that he was the only person left who had had faith he was believed that he was the only person left who thought the way that he did who respected god in the way that he did he thought he was all alone and it started to really shake his faith and he cries out to god over the situation to which God tells him that there's more than 7,000 who haven't bowed the, knee, bowed the knee Sorry, to bow. What we have to understand is that there's many other Christians out there, and even near us, that share the same heart for God that we do. That there are other people that are living for God righteously, who are seeking God, who are studying the Bible, and who want it. But if we don't have that community of believers, it makes us feel like we're all alone, like there's no chance of victory, like there's nothing that we can overcome. It really gives the devil a foothold in your life, right? And the Bible says that we should do everything we can to not give the foothold to the devil. But when we don't have other believers around us, we're simply doing just that. We are giving the foothold to the devil. We are allowing the devil to have an opportunity to lead us away from the faith, to make us question things, and to allow struggle to enter into our lives. But if we have other believers in our life, then we're able to help each other, right? and we're able to grow together, right? Other believers are able to help us grow in our faith, to grow in ways that we didn't realize or ways that we didn't think about. You have to think about if you wanted to get better at something other than your faith, if you wanted to get better at something, then you would try to find people who are good at that and you would get close to them and be able to witness and learn from them. We can take this in like terms of sports. If you think about golf, right? If somebody wants to get better at golf, obviously they could hire a teacher, or they could do this, or they could do that, or they could just keep practicing. But if you really want to get better at it, then you'll find some people who are better than you currently are, and that'll drive you and push you, and you'll learn the little things. You'll be able to observe and to watch them and to see how they play the game, how they do this, how they do that, what the difference is, and they'll be able to look at you and see where you're messing up, where your shortcomings may be, and politely and kindly point those out to you and help you to see how you could do better and where you could improve, right? That's a great blessing that we have, and we apply it in so many different ways. And, like, sports aren't the only place that you see this. I mean, we see this in the workplace. We see this in terms of, like, trying to get in shape. We see this in so many parts of life. If we want to get better at something, we try to get close to people who are already good at it so we can learn from them. Our faith is no different. If we want to improve in our faith, then we need to get around people who are strong in the faith. If you want a better prayer life, then find someone near you who's really good at praying, and that'll drive your prayer life. If you want to be a better everyday evangelist and be able to go out into the world and touch the lost and reach people wherever you are, find somebody else who's like that, and you'll be able to learn to glean the knowledge that they already have, and it'll quickly help you to improve on your abilities to do so. That's why the Bible says that iron sharpens iron. We have Proverbs 27, 17 that says iron sharpens iron and one man sharpens another. Because when you put two people together, two believers, they're going to make each other better. They're going to be able to help each other. They're going to take the burrs off. They're going to take the bad spots off. And you're going to work together. Now, it's not always comfortable, but you're going to work together and you're going to make each other better. You're going to rub together and you're going to get better and better as you're around another believer. And those believers are able to help build you up in the faith. That's what 1 Thessalonians 5.11 says, Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up just as you were already doing. He's writing to the Thessalonians church, reminding them to continue to do what they had been good at, which was building each other up. But for us, if we're not doing that, it's a message that says, Hey, you need to be good and fulfill what your mission is as Christians, and in some way that is helping to build up other believers. And it's amazing because these things can happen without us even realizing it just do the simple conversations that we have with fellow believers simplify being together by witnessing what other people are doing we're going to slowly start to have those things affect us even if we don't realize it we're going to it's going to have an impact on our lives on the way that we think on the things that we do because god is able to work in the small things the more time we spend with other believers the more that our faith is going to grow because it's slowly going to have things just permeate into the conversation when you're around real faith-filled people the conversation can't help but go to God. It can't help but come up the great things of God or discussions about God. I experienced it in my own life. When I'm with other people who are strong in the faith, you just end up on a conversation about the church, about this, about that, about what you've been studying, what you've been reading. Or you're just talking about life, right? If you are really around somebody who is well-versed in God's Word, who is in a prayer life, who is in that space, and you just begin to share things that are going on in your life, They're not going to give you worldly wisdom they're not going to speak from their own heart but you'll hear the bible come out of their mouth as an answer to the problems you're going through in life and that's what we need as christians we don't need people to give us sage wisdom from the world because we know that that falls flat that that has no true impact what we need is to have people in our lives who are connected to god so that way when we're having problems and we just go to discuss things they're able to point us to truth to things that will actually have an impact and make the change that we need to experience in our lives And that's what having godly people around you is able to do. But not only that, they become our partners in prayer, right? We have great verses that tell us the importance of praying for one another, like James 5.16 that says, Therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another, that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. So not only is having Christian community amazing because of the impact it will have on your life, by just being around other Christians and making you stronger in the faith, but then we're able to go to God together as a body of believers, and we're able to pray, and we know that God hears our prayers, but it says that the righteous, the prayers of a righteous person have great power in its working. So when we have good, righteous, holy friends that pray in our lives, it's going to have an impact on our lives and on our spiritual journey. Galatians six two says to bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. And it says in some other translations to bear the burdens, To bear one another's burdens in prayer means we should be taking other people's issues to prayer in God. And again, it fulfills what James was saying. And I just think that's so important because we need people with us who are willing to bind with us in prayer because there's power in prayer. The Bible also says that where two or more are gathered in His name, that God is there among them. Right. So that would indicate that like, yes, we can reach God through our prayers and we can have an intimate relationship with God. But we have to really seek and to find it and to search and to cry after God and God will move and we can have that individual personal connection with God. But then it says just that clearly that if we come together, a couple people come together in Jesus' name, that he is instantly there among them. Right. That's powerful. That means if we go to other people and we are struggling, we only have to go to one other person and begin to pray. And God is going to show up in that instant and he's going to move in our lives. And that is an incredibly powerful thing, but we don't get that unless we're a part of Christian community. Unless we know believers who we can call upon and who we can rely on, we're not going to have the opportunity to go in prayer in that way. And that's just a sad fact of life that many Christians are living in is that they don't have these Christian relationships. They say they believe in God. They may even listen to a podcast like this. You may be listening to this podcast and thinking that by listening to podcasts, by reading your Bible, by praying, you were... You are doing all you need to do to get close to God. But the community that God desires us to live in is not one that's just virtual. It's not one that's just to ourselves, but we listen to some other people and what they have to say. It's in-person relationship. We need to not just be together through the internet, but we need to be together in person. And then God is going to be in the midst of us. That is an amazingly great blessing. The Bible also tells us that people can help you Either you can help others or others can help you when someone falls into sin. In Galatians 6 and 1, it says, Brothers, if any is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. But keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. I think that verse is so amazing because it's telling us that we can, we will be able to see and notice when somebody is starting to go in a sinful path. And we can reach out lovingly and say, Hey, I see that you're struggling, you're... you're It looks like you're kind of, you know, falling back into the world a little bit and you can rescue that person out of sin. But if we don't have good believers who are clearly able to see into our lives, then no one will rescue us when we begin to walk into that sin. If we don't have that community of people, how can we expect us to save ourselves? The heart is deceitfully wicked above all things, is what the Bible says. And so it's very easy to convince yourself that you're still on the right path, even when you start to sway towards wickedness. What the Bible says is that somebody else can help you in that time, or you can be a blessing to them. You could help somebody else. That's the amazing thing about all of the Christian community, is that it goes back and forth. Others can pray for you. You can pray for them. Others can help build your faith up, and you're going to help build their faith up, right? We all have different experiences, different parts of life, and what we see may be different from how somebody else sees something, and that's a good thing and a blessing, and that's what makes coming together as the body of church so important is because even when we may think that somebody else doesn't need something you may have something that they need and we can get into that more in a minute but and rescuing from sin I'll, I'm going to go ahead and be completely honest with you if somebody calls you out for something sinful it's not going to be comfortable it's not going to feel good right but if you think about iron sharpening iron that's not a comfortable process either right there's going to be sparks there's going to be a smell there's going to be some things if iron is sharpening iron it's going to rub it's going to be a little bit abrasive But it's going to come out better in the end and that's the same thing when somebody comes to rescue you from sin it's not always going to be the thing you want to hear but it's what you need to hear if you're struggling in sin you don't want somebody to just like idly let you go off that's a sign that you have the wrong friends if you have friends in your life that are going to allow you to walk towards sin excuse me you then you're not in the right christian community if you have people in your life truly that are not telling you what you're doing wrong and just allowing you to go further and further away from God, then those aren't the friends that you want. You want friends who will notice whenever you're walking away from God and point it out to you because they have a heart for you. They love you. They care about you. People who are going to let you walk into sin don't truly love you. But people who are willing to say, hey, I noticed this and I just wanted you to know so you could take note of it and so you could address it, that's love. That's people that truly love you. And it doesn't always feel good and it takes a little while to get over the sting and to realize that they're right and to realize that you need to improve or change something in your life but it will do you better in the end i can assure you of that because it's going to help you get closer to god it's going to help you to make it to that place of salvation make it to heaven which is where we're all striving to be anyways and now it's important to look at how the church works together because god created us for unity That's the thing that we have to understand is that God truly did create us for unity. Paul wrote and told us that all the parts of the body are needed, and he used this to show how all the parts of Christ are needed as well. This is a longer passage of Scripture that I want to read to you, but I think it's very important. It's 1 Corinthians 12, verses 12 through 21. It says, For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slave or free, and all made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. But if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less of a part of a body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing Just like our bodies, all the parts need one another. It's a lot easier. It's not that a life can't be lived with missing parts, but we can all agree that it's going to be so much easier when all of your body parts work the way that God designed them, that they're all there, that they're all present, and that they're all doing how God created them to do. It simply makes life easier. That's not an insult to anybody who's sadly had issues in life that have led them to be disabled, but even they can admit that if their body worked fully and all the parts were present and all the parts were working that it would make for such a greater body. It would make things work together and all the parts need one another. That's an important way to look at the church. Now often we look at this verse and we think that it means that we always say it to say that the church needs you. We want to use it as a pull to get people into the church and when people feel needed that makes them want to be in the church and that's very important and it's very true. The church does need you, just like the body needs a hand, the church needs you. Whatever part you're meant to fit, we need you in the church. But that's not the only way that we need to look at this verse. We need to understand that not only does the church need you, but you need the church, right? Because God created us to be interdependent, meaning that To live the best that we can we need one another the church needs you and you need the church to live the best life that you can live and to live really the life that god wants you to live then you're going to need all the parts working together in harmony we can benefit from the gifting that god has blessed the other with you know the gifting that we lack just because we're good in one area means that we're probably not great in another area and that's how that's how the church even leaves the church house, because sometimes you need an encourager when you feel down and your gifting isn't an encouragement. Or sometimes you need somebody who has the gift of faith and just, ha- like you know those people. There are people who have faith that just doesn't even make sense. and Not that we don't all have faith as Christians, but some people are just gifted in faith. They look at every situation through faith-filled eyes, never questioning, never batting an eye, but constantly having faith. And when your gifting isn't faith, you have faith, but you're not gifted in faith. Sometimes you need a person who's gifted in faith to reach into your life and to help inspire your faith and to help you to get to where you need to be with God in that right relationship. It's a great blessing, and you need that sometimes. Or there's people who are gifted helpers, and the honest truth is at times we just need various kinds of help, and there are people who love to help right? You don't find that very often in the world, if at all. You aren't going to find people who are not churched, who just want to help you in any way that they possibly can. And I don't mean financially. I mean, when it's time to move, there's sometimes, there's just people who are excited to come over and help you move or excited to, like, I want to come help you paint your house or I want to come help you do that. That's what you can find in the church that you're not going to find anywhere else. And it's because people have a spiritual gifting in that way. And it's amazing to think that that's how it all works, that that's how the body is able to come together and that we have a great blessing like that. The Bible says that the reason that we have the gifting we do is to benefit one another. Well, that's amazing to think about. That means that I have a gifting that can benefit you and you have a gifting that can benefit me. And so if we get in Christian community together, then every time we come together, our giftings are helping to benefit the other person. That's pretty amazing. Do you see? Because we're not created to be our own thing. And that's what the world, like I said earlier, tells you to do today. But what the Bible is saying is that you have this gifting, and that that gifting is not meant to just make your life better, but it's meant to help make the lives of other people better. And so when we have Christian community, we are serving one another. That means I come in, and I make your life better, and and while I'm making your life better, in some way you're making my life better. We're doing what God has called us to do as the church, and we are simply just being who we were created to be, and in doing so, blessing and making the lives better of so many people. I think it's an amazing thing to think about, and it's such a great blessing that God has given us in the church. We have the ability to bind together and to just do great work as a church that won't take place in the world. We were created to be with one another. We were created to be that one body that Paul talks about, and we are all needed and all necessary, and we should never forget that. That's the importance of Christian community. When we're in community, we are doing what God has created us and purposed us to do. And we need those Christian friends, we need those Christian relationships that go beyond the walls of the church to really have the best impact in this world that we're going to be able to have. Now, I know that you can think through this whole thing, and you can, like, a lot of people like to say, like, but I need lost friends, so that way I can help reach them with the gospel. It's, it is such a misunderstanding of our purpose as Christians. Yes, we are meant to reach the lost. There's no denying that. That is exactly what God has called us to do. But we also aren't really supposed to have the same relationship with the lost that we have with other believers. When you look at the early church like we did earlier they were bound together and then they would go out into the community to reach the lost through either just you know their different employment or because it says that thousands of people were being reached but i think that the deeper relationship that they had wasn't with the lost but was with each other because the bible says in second corinthians six fourteen, do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers for what partnership has righteousness with lawlessness or fellowship with has light with darkness. We're not supposed to be bound together. We're not supposed to be yoked together with people who aren't of the same faith as us, who don't understand the same thing as us. That means that doesn't mean that we don't interact with them. But that means that maybe our closest friendships, our closest relationships, shouldn't be with the lost, especially depending on where we are on our walk with Christ. If you're still struggling with certain sins and overcoming those sins, just like being around certain people can make you better at certain things being around certain other people can make you worse at certain things and so if you are trying to get out of the world and you're trying to draw closer to god then you probably need to take a time away from your old friends because your old friends are still doing the same wickedness that they once did and now you're trying to not do those same things anymore and the temptation and the struggle is very difficult It's just an honest truth. This is not a condemnation sort of thing. It's not to say that you're not who you should be or where you should be. We are all growing in Christ, and we get better, and the temptation gets a little bit easier to stand against. But when we first become Christians, and when we're still struggling with certain sins, being around people who are still fully living in those sins is not going to make it easy for us to overcome them. We're going to have to cut some people out for a time, And then work on our faith get closer to god get stronger in the faith be able to have an easier time standing up against that temptation and then once our faith is firmly established and we don't struggle like we once did with the same sins then we can begin to reevaluate this and maybe reopen some of those relationships we once had in the hopes that they can be saved right now we need to be careful we don't need our relationship of worldly friends to outshine our relationship of Christian friends. We need to keep a closer connection with the body of Christ than we do with the world, because the truth of the matter is, it's very easy to get pulled one way or the other. Even if we have really strong faith, if we then forsake all of our Christian friends and go live in the world, that pull of the world could lead us away. We need to have edifying believers around us, like we've already talked about, people who are going to edify you, who are going to build you up in the faith, who are going to point you where you need to be and bind us together. So, yes, you can be friends with unbelievers, but you shouldn't have the majority of your friends be unbelievers, and you shouldn't focus solely on those relationships in the, in just for the hope of getting those people saved. You need to touch people's lives. You need to have people over for dinner. You need to do those things, but you have to also make sure your faith is in the right place in order to do those things, because having the lost friends being unequally yoked can make your life a lot more difficult. If you think about what that verse really is talking about, it's talking about how they would yoke two animals together to work together, right? And if you had two animals that were unequally yoked, one would pull harder than the other or one would hold the other back and it would become cause issues for the animals. And really, one of the animals could get hurt if they were unequally yoked. But when you have two animals that are equally yoked, they're the same size, they're the same strength, they have the same endurance then both animals are going to benefit so much better by working together than if you have two that are unequally matched. And so we need to be matched with the people that we're around, and we need to make sure that we are following God and doing what God would have us to do. We don't take an emphasis off trying to see the lost saved, but we still need to have Christian relationships that are constantly getting us closer and closer to God and not relationships that are trying to lead us away from God. And I know that sounds mean, and I know you could think like, well, my lost friends aren't like that. And they may not purposefully be like that, but it doesn't mean that it doesn't have an impact. Just like, just like things can come and edify you without you realizing it with your Christian friends, the same thing can happen in the inverse with your non-Christian friends. Things can begin to take place that, that slowly just de- deconstruct your faith instead of build your faith up without you even beginning to realize that those things are happening in your life. And so, yes, you can have non-Christian friends, and you should have some non-Christian friends, if your faith is in the right place, if you're in a place where you can help them more than they're going to hurt you. But you have to keep your faith in check and make sure you're doing things the right way. And you still, even, there's never going to be a point in your faith where you don't need other believers. Until we get to heaven, and then we'll still be surrounded by other believers, you're going to need other believers in your life. And you can never replace that just with a friendship of the world. You're going to need other people. That's the simple truth. Now, up until this point, we've talked a lot about the things outside of the walls of the church house. And that is very important. That's a big, big part of Christian community that I feel is neglected in society today. We focus so much... On Christian community in the church our Christian friends are the friends that we see on Sundays or on Wednesdays if you have Wednesday services still which I think you should but that's a topic for another day but we we so focus on church that we don't focus enough on our need to have those relationships outside the church but we can't overemphasize one or the other these things shouldn't be separated they should be together right you don't discount our need to meet together regularly as a church simply because you've now raised the importance of having christian friends outside of the church the two go together and they complement each other you need friendships you need to have relationships where you talk to other christian people on a regular basis outside of church and you need to have that relationship in the church because church is very important there's no replacement for church service especially you know we went through covid and everybody was online and online church and There were people who were like this is the future of church and you need to be involved the future of church should look like the past of church because god doesn't change the bible says look at the old godly path and walk in it that verse hits me all the time we don't need a new thing we don't need to match the times we need what god ordained in the beginning god doesn't change his ways his plans do not change the way we accomplish those can change but there's a need and a call for in-person relationship in-person meeting on a regular basis that we see in the Bible. I mean Hebrews chapter 10 verse 24 through 25 says, and let us consider how to stir one another up to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. That's an powerful. that's a powerful verse. It's an impressive verse to read because it's saying, look, you need to stir each other up and the way that you need to do that is by meeting together. Don't neglect the, meet, the meetings together. Don't neglect your church meetings. In fact, you should be more focused on it as you see the days drawing near, which I think a lot of us as Christians are seeing the days are drawing near. We're going to need more church so that we're more ready for those situations. Like I said, these two things don't replace each other. A church service isn't a replacement for Christian community, and Christian community is not a replacement for a church service. The two complement each other, and they should be regular parts of our lives as Christians. Our church services are a blessing because we're able to come together. A whole wide range of believers, a whole wide parts of the body get to come together, and they get to worship, and they get to talk about, and they get to focus on God at one time, in one place, together, and it's amazing things can happen there. We get to display our faith through our worship and through our actions, and we get to witness the other people's faith through their worship and their actions, which is also a great blessing. Simply seeing people worship through situations you know are going on in their life is a great testimony to God, because you see how God is working through them, how God is making an impact and having a way in their life. So, our worship, people know what we're going through if we're living in a Christian community. And when they see us worship through hard times and difficult times, that is a blessing to that person. It is a great blessing to them, and it's a great blessing to us to see the same in someone else's life. It helps to build our faith up. It also helps to build the faith of the lost who are there and wondering, why are these people so sold out to God? Why are they praising and worshiping God in this way? And it's because they know, experience, have known, and love God. That's the great blessing of what it is. And then when we have the time of uh, preaching, that's where, as a group, we are all able to receive and learn God's Word at the same time. That Getting God's Word delivered to us by somebody who has prayed, who has studied, who has sought the Lord's heart and believe that they've received a message from God, then delivers that God to a local body who is all working together to perform the plans and the... the goal of God, which is to make disciples, is a great blessing. And you've got to think, where else would we have such a focused time on God? Because it's not going to happen in our house. I know that we can pray at home. I know that we can read our own Bibles at home. I know that we can have other Christians in our home for times that are dedicated to God. But there's a lot more distractions that are going to take place in our homes than are going to take place in the church. Because at home, you have laundry, you have your other chores, the trash needs to be taken out, the floor needs to be swept, and it seems like the only time that you actually remember that those things need to happen are when you sit down to read your Bible, or when you sit down to pray and you get distracted by the things around you. Now obviously, church can have its distractions from crying babies, to people getting up to go to the bathroom, to people playing on their phone, but the distractions are a lot less and it's a lot easier to focus on God in those moments than it is to focus on God in your own homes at times. We just have to be honest with ourselves and realize how easy it is to get distracted by the things that are going on in our own homes that and know that we can be and have the ability to be so much more focused when we are in the church and also the church is filled with people who are there because they love god because they want more of god because they love god's word because they love all the aspects of the church And where else do you think you're going to find these believers you need to have community with? If you need Christian community, and you need to have people in your life who are Christians, then where are you going to find these people if you're not in the church? Right? The church is the meeting place. The church house is the meeting place. The local church is where the local believers come together to meet and to express their faith. And if we want to build a Christian community that helps to edify us, that helps to draw us closer to God, of people who are willing and able to pray for our needs, then we need to go to the place where those people are, and that is the church. House. Sorry. I keep I want to use say the church, but it's very clear. We're the church, obviously, but we need to go where the church meets, and where the church meets is the local church house. That's where we're going to find the people who we should be in Christian community with. That's where we're going to find the people that we should be interacting with on a regular basis and who we should be drawing close to it's the simple truth now is it going to be easy all of this talk so far has been about how you need other people in your life but is it going to be easy no it's not going to be easy yes we need to be surrounded by believers the bible is clear that you need other christians as a regular part of your life through friendships through community You need to be going to Bible studies. You need to be going to prayer meetings. You need to be inviting people to your house for dinner, going to other people's house for dinner, taking every opportunity to be with the body of believers because it's going to improve your faith, and being in the church house because it's going to do the very same thing, but it's not going to be easy. It's going to be difficult. And you know why it's going to be difficult? Because everybody in the church is a fallen, broken person. You know your flaws, but we should expect others are going to have similar flaws that we have. Right? And we rarely do that, and we get offended, and we get upset, and that's why we don't want to go to church. It's not about God. It's about our own personal not wanting to be offended, not wanting to have to deal with other people. That's the honest truth of it for so many, but that is that is what it is. It's going to be difficult, and we should go in expecting there to be difficult things, because when we deal with other people, it is difficult. It's not easy to live life together, but it's going to be so much easier to live life together with the little things that are annoying, than it is to try to live life without other believers and struggle in your faith and struggle to grow in your faith, right? And so that's what we have to realize. And the Bible says that we should be willing to put up with other people's flaws, and we should be quick to forgive, and we should be loving and gentle and kind and patient, right? And so sometimes people are going to make mistakes. And sometimes we're going to make mistakes. And so we should be practicing the golden rule that Jesus told us to. And when somebody makes a mistake and they're accidentally rude to us, or whatever it may be, we need to just realize that we're all broken people. And we just need to bless them and continue to do community with them. Not get offended, not run away, not try to hide. We just continue to because at some point we're going to in some way do the same thing to them. That's the honest truth. We're all going to make many mistakes. And so if we insult somebody, if we hurt somebody, or somebody hurts us, we just need to realize that that is a fact of life, it's a part of the faith, it's a part of the journey, and it shouldn't separate us, but we should still just continue to draw together and be with that. Because I'm not perfect, you're not perfect, the rest of the church isn't perfect. We're all people just following the only perfect person to live, and just trying to do the best that we can. And so it's not always going to be perfect, it's not always going to be rainbows and sunshine, but... Being in Christian community is going to improve your life, and in the end, it's going to all be worth it. Everything that we do for God, it says, does not return void. And that's the same thing is true when we make an effort to be a part of the body because that's what God has called us to do. If we really make an effort to be around other believers for the edification of the body, for the edification of ourselves, it's going to return some kind of value and purpose into our lives. That is the simple, honest truth is that it's going to be worth it. Even through all of its difficulties, it will, in the end, be worth it. Now, as I close this out, I just want to make it clear again that I'm not coming to you with all of this as somebody who just loves being around other people. I mentioned that in the beginning of this episode. That's not my thing. That's not normally my jam, right? My wife, always been that kind of person, loves people, would rather be around other people than be by herself. That's not me. I would rather, and a lot of times in the past, my my heart would have been like, I would rather be alone, leave me alone, let me do my own thing, than be around other people. But as I look at the Bible, and I study, and I pray, and I reflect on where I'm at in myself, I see more and more that this isn't what God wants, Right? God doesn't want us to be an island all to ourselves, you know? God doesn't want us to be the lone wolf who can conquer everything by ourselves because we can't. We need other believers. We need the rest of the church, okay? And I've recognized that in my own life. I've been able to see that because God intends for his people to be interdependent. We need each other. It's clear. We've seen it through the scriptures already throughout this podcast. We've talked about it. And that God wants us to live in close community. If I'm completely honest, it used to be really draining to be around other people. If you went to spend the day with other people, it's like, oh, gosh, I just ready to go home and go to bed. Don't talk to me. You know, like even even being like like the the not want to be around other people kind of person. Like, obviously, I love my wife. I chose my wife. I want to be with her. But even you'd get home from me with other people. and You're like, just can you not talk to me for a while? I just need a minute. Right. And I know that there are people who might be listening to this podcast who feel the same way but i've had that start to change in my life and it was even like you know it's changed dramatically over the last little bit i feel like as i grow in god and i'm filled with his spirit i can say that it's not as draining to be around other faith filled people in fact it's the opposite in a lot of ways it's an encouragement it gives you a little bit more energy you almost start to feel like what you would describe as that extroverted person that just wants to be around people, who enjoys being around people, who's recharged by being with other people. I find that in Christian community. Now, I'm not so sure that I would find that in the community of the world, because you know, dealing with a lot of people at work who I'm not in that body of believers with, that is pretty draining a lot of times. You know, When you've got people constantly coming to your office, I still find that draining for whatever reason. But then, if I go spend the day at a friend's house, this happened not that long ago, where we went to somebody's house and we ended up being there literally all day from like 10 in the morning to almost nine o'clock at night, which is very rare for us. But And we were doing things the whole time, but it wasn't that draining, awful experience that it once would have been. And it was actually shocking to go home and think about how this wasn't what it used to be like. This time I enjoyed it. I had a good time. I would have done it again. Like, it's just, I enjoyed being around those people. And that's the thing about this camping trip that I have coming up, that I mentioned in the beginning of the podcast, is used to, I wouldn't have wanted to do something like that. Love camping, want to go camping, but I'd rather not deal with the other people aspect of it. But knowing that I'm going with other believers, other people from the church, makes it an even better experience because I know that there's going to be growth in God through it. Now, it's not a, specifically like this, this whole trip isn't like our goal, our mission isn't like set in there. It's not like a men's retreat or anything like that. It's just some friends, Uh, who are going to take out a buddy's camper and just go spend some time camping and hanging out. But I know that the opportunity to just grow in God is going to be there because you're going to have multiple believers in that same space. And so it's different. I truly have changed through what God has given me. And that's why I made that point in the beginning of this podcast about how I don't like to classify people with certain terms because I don't think that's what God would have us to do. I believe, I truly, honestly believe that god is looking at us and he's saying here are these people this is what you're created to be and this is what your time in the world has made you right i've heard people say that this is the way i'm wired i don't believe that we're the way that we're wired i believe that god wired us a certain way it says he knit us together in our mother's womb but then once we were born We've constantly been rewired, reworked for all these years until we come to Christ and then we see what the original plans and the original diagram were, right? We should not be comparing our lives to how we feel like we are, but we should be comparing our lives to how God's word says we should live. And for me, I can see that God's word says we should live in community. Now, if you have that introverted tendency, that's a scary thing to think about. But if we truly give ourselves to God, if we continue to pray fast on the subject, if we continue to learn and study the Bible and grow closer to God, that's going to change the way that we respond to those certain things. I can say that with true clarity because I have experienced it. And so I'm not coming to you as somebody who loved community before growing and getting deeper with Christ. I'm coming to you as somebody who would have rather have been a lone wolf, but through Christ I've become to love Christian community because it benefits all of us in so many great ways. And I think it's living for the spirit is really what has the key in this. Is when, you're, when you allow your flesh to take control, it's your flesh that doesn't want to be around other people. Right? Your flesh would rather you be alone. And that's a, de- a definite tactic of the enemy, where he is saying, I want them to be alone because I have a better shot of shaking their faith if they're alone than if they're standing tightly together with other believers. Right? It's a lot easier for the devil to come at one person than it is to come at a group of people. And so he wants you to have that separation. And so when the flesh pulls you away from people, that's the leading of the flesh when you don't want to be around other people. But the spirit chases after all the things of God. And one of those things is Christian community. And so if we follow after the spirit, we're not gonna struggle in those same ways that we once did with Christian community. Now, some people may have to grow more in that than others, but I can guarantee you that if you truly get around those edifying conversations and you find the right people and the right people of God, you're going to enjoy Christian community, and you need to enjoy Christian community because you need it to live the best life that you can in this world. It is the greatest blessing to be around other believers that you could possibly have, and I highly, highly recommend that you take the time to study this out on your own, to pray about it, and to pray that God will lead you where you need to be in order to find the community that you need to be a part of. If you currently don't have Christian friends, then I, you need to start working on getting some regular Christian friendships into your life, people that you can rely on, people that you can be open and honest with, people that you can have fun experiences with. It doesn't always have to be solely dedicated to we're just going to come together and read our Bibles. No. Go camping, go play golf, go shopping, go do whatever it is that you enjoy doing and allow God to be a part of that by being with other people who believe in God. And if you need to find Christian community, like we talked about when we talked about church service and talking about the local church, if you currently don't have Christian friends, then pray that God will lead you into a local church body where you will be able to make the Christian friends that you need to make so that you can have the best Christian community possible. Your life is going to be so much better once you have a true body of local believers that you attend with on a weekly basis and you have a christian community around you that you also see on a regular basis and talk to on a regular basis it's going to make your life so much better i can't recommend just truly living out god's word enough god gave us his word for a reason and a purpose and everything that he says all has a reason and a purpose. And if he says that we need other believers and he calls us to community and he calls us to go to church and to meet and local body of believers, we can believe that it's for our best interest and it's going to benefit us in so many more ways than we could ever begin to think or imagine. That is the honest truth. That is what I believe. I hope this podcast has been a blessing to you today. I hope that everything's made sense. hope that it's not been too... Uh, roundabout or anything like that. I hope that you're seeing your need for Christian community. Uh, Let me pray real fast for everybody. God, I pray that you would help us, God, to see our need for other believers in our life. God, to see how both we can help other people and other people are able to help us in our faith. God, that you didn't create us to do this alone, that you didn't create us to stand by ourselves, God, but that you created us to be bound together with other believers and to Work together for the fulfillment of your word and for your glory God I pray that you'd help us to find those people that we need to be in community with God I pray that you would help us on Sunday mornings God when it's hard and difficult to wake up and get to church I pray that you would give us the desire give us the strength give us the energy God to want to be in your house God I pray that you would help us Lord to forgive to look on others with compassion and mercy God and may they do the same for us We love you and we thank you in Jesus name we pray. Amen anyways, I hope you guys have such a great rest of your week. We will be back on Wednesday for the God Notes podcast. And then, of course, we'll be back on Friday for the Better Together podcast, where you'll probably get to hear all about whatever happened on the camping trip uh, that we've got coming up. Uh, pray for us that things go well, that we can have a good time. I'd appreciate that. Well, I guess I'm already going to be back by the time you're hearing this podcast. But I hope you guys have a great rest of your week, and God bless. God bless.